0: Hey this is Lexi this is Ari and you're listening to hotel Earth
1: Hi we'd like to extend our stay and upgrade. Mm-hmm. Oh, in right. progress well everyone how's everyone doing how, let's have a let's have a catch up conversation Lexi how are you doing
0: you know I'm doing well I've I've been enjoying this. Actually, I haven't been enjoying the break because we haven't really had like a true So Lex break. and I
1: haven't had a break. You listeners have had a break. We have had no breaks. We have used this time to be super productive and make a lot of really great content for everyone, both on social and obviously working to get some really good episodes recorded for everyone's mm-hmm. listening pleasure. How have you been, um, Ari? I think good. It's like you said, it's been busy, as you know. Lex and I spend a lot of time together, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a complaint. It's just an observation. It's not a complaint. (laughs) And it's, it's also, I say that because we, unfortunately, our time together is coming to an end as I am preparing for my move back to Italy, which I'm very excited about. But, you know, we are starting off a new season now, season two mm-hmm. of Hotel Earth, the energy series. Mm-hmm. We hope you guys enjoy it. We know we're really excited to talk about um, both non-renewable and renewable energy sources with you guys, have some fun conversations, and, you know, hopefully some people learn something from this. And if, not, if, you, if you aren't learning anything new, we hope you just enjoy us talking mad shit. <laughs>
0: not like that but I hope you enjoy the fact that we are learning something which is yeah so cool.
1: before we get into this episode um and you guys can skip past this if you like but I would like Lex and I to just briefly talk about you know what we thought of season one maybe things we'd like to do in season two I'll, I, I can start for example <laughs> um I really I'm proud of us uh obviously Spotify wrapped is out and um re- like looking at some of the stats for Hotel Earth was really exciting like it was um, it just made my heart so warm and I want to thank everyone while our following may be relatively um small it's a very dedicated following and it, is. it actually isn't so small anymore um now <laughs> yeah so Uh, And I just I thank everyone for listening and showing us support and like I said our goal is really just like share some of the climate conversation um, with you guys because it can be a little daunting at times and a lot of it seems scientific and scary but when you break it down it's It's really not that deep it's really not that deep and there are just a few things you can do to make a difference and that's pretty much all we that's all of our that's all our messages. Yeah, yeah. So I had a really fun time making season one with Lex and it's really fun to like you know spend time with her and obviously I think she's brilliant and Aww. being able to share um share this endeavor with her has been really really fun and it seems like people like it so I'm glad that it kind of turned in to this what it has what it has turned into Hotel Earth I'm proud of it and I'm really excited to keep it going um yeah I
0: can't think of anything else that I would want to add to that. I think it's really fun. Um, You hear people finding new ways to explore their passions. And I never really thought that this was going to be one for me. But holy cow, this has been, this has honestly added so much light to my life. So T-Y-S-M.
1: Light. And the reason I went on this rant is because I wanted to touch on, again, Lex and I have learned a lot from doing this. Like the amount that I have learned, like just due to research for the episodes, like I've learned so much and I'm so grateful for that. Like this is just as formative for me as it is for some of our listeners. Um, so yeah, I'm really grateful for this opportunity to keep me sharp and just keep feeding my brain with knowledge because I have a love of learning and I hope some of our listeners do too.
0: And yeah, we also were like, oh, we're creating community. Little did we freaking know the people that we were going to come into contact with. And we are so excited to start plugging those individuals.
1: Yes. And really, yeah, we've made really good contacts in numerous industries because of this. Like Lexi said, the community aspect of this has actually been really comforting and overwhelming. So very excited about that. And for season two, I'm excited to keep it going, make it even more entertaining and interesting. So, yeah, Lex, do you have any goals you'd like to share with the team here for season two?
0: Yeah, season two goals are to explain what kind of energy sources exist out there. And by energy, we're talking about grid production. Um, We talked about transportation in season one, which was actually not – it was a planned episode, obviously, because we had to plan the episode, but I did not realize how well it would actually set us up to have this conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, Because we kind of knocked out one of the big players by doing the transportation episode first. And that big player is petroleum um, because it doesn't come up as much in the energy conversation, which you all will get to see. So I'm excited to explore some some different ways that we can create energy for our use. Um, and I'm really excited and hoping to make it clear how accessible renewables actually are mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to point out that we actually use renewables a lot more than we probably realize already. Um, so transitioning to them should not be as daunting or difficult as you might think right now. So now that we've covered the basics of energy, and that what we just talked about is going to be applicable this entire season, so yep. keep, keep keep that all mind. in mind. <laughs> we'll probably touch on it all as we go through the other episodes,
1: but I mean, I tend to repeat myself, so I'm sure you'll hear it again. <laughs> oh,
0: and it's worth repeating, so we probably will very intentionally do that. But what the fuck are fossil fuels?
1: Please tell me what the fuck are fossil fuels? I mean, I know, but do the listeners really know what the fuck a fossil fuel is? If you
0: haven't had your aha moment as to what they are, do not panic. They are exactly what they say they are. They are fuels that were created when plants and animals became trapped in rock and decomposed. Fossil fuel.
1: Yes. Um, they are literally fossilized Plants, decomposed plants and animals. Um, More than fifty percent, for example, of coal's weight must be formed from fossilized plants in order for it to have maximum productivity properties. Like, um, if you don't let coal fossilize, or or, not specifically coal, if you don't let fossil fuels become fossilized, if you try to extract them, use them for energy before they reach that point, they're not rich enough in carbon or hydrogen molecular levels and this really affects the um the combustion process because when we are trying to use these fuels or these sources of energy excuse me we're trying to use these fossil fuels as a source of energy it's really important that they have a certain level of carbon um Content Because once that carbon is exposed to oxygen and heat in the combustion process, this is what creates the chain reaction of producing more heat to continue the fueling reaction. So it's really, really important that they are fossilized and that they do spend those millions of years in between rock um, before we extract them, which is what makes them non-renewable.
0: Shout out to our geology goddess for that. Very
1: <laughs> apt analysis. That would be me, the geology. I bet like, because I'm just a geology minor and I bet the geology majors in school are like ripping me a new asshole at the moment Oops. because they probably could have explained that much better. But that's essentially the gist.
0: <laughs> Someone actually did ask if we were going to start uploading YouTube videos of our episodes. You know, was you like, guys. Actually, maybe one day.
1: Let us know if that's something you guys would like. Some video episodes. I mean, I personally don't see why someone wouldn't want that we're strikingly. I want to watch us yeah and uh, we're mm. well, if you could even see our mannerisms in person I feel like you would really understand us even better <laughs> probably moving right along back to the topic
0: so there are three uh, there are three main players in this fossil fuel conversation when someone says fossil fuels they are mainly referring to coal natural gas and crude oil.
1: You mean and- rude oil? Roots. Sorry, that's mm-hmm. so bad. I'm gonna that was really funny. All
0: right, on Diamo. So crude oil is refined to make petroleum products, uh, such as gasoline and diesel fuel. That's what we're most familiar with when it comes to burning crude oil. And before we get too deep, we want to first address that as it relates to energy, this season is primarily about the grid kind of energy like we talked about per country. Fossil fuels are not always the top source of mm-hmm. electricity generation.
1: Right. Um it really depends on region, geographic location, um, and what resources are available to that um that state, that independent state. Um in when I say state I also mean independent country, not state in the United States sense, but mm-hmm. independent states um around the world. Geographic location is everything. The resources you have available is everything. In one area, solar may be really accessible and really well-utilized for energy sources. Where in another, hydropower might be the one that's more easily accessible. In another, maybe they do have a plethora of fossil fuels, which we will talk about in a little bit why that's just not the case anywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. And in another area, maybe they have um, geothermal that's really accessible for them. It just totally depends geographically and this is this is encouraged. It's encouraged to utilize what resources you have available to you. That's a lot more sustainable, and it kind of um, makes countries rely on a domestic source of energy, which politically and socially is a huge benefit because you really you omit the the um, political conflict over you know we've made wars over oil. You know we we make. Like the conflict socially and politically can get very tense over energy. So making your energy source domestic could be a huge benefit. So it is encouraged to use what resources you have available in your geographic location. Correct.
0: And we want to say that globally, however, 62% Sixty-two percent of energy production does come from fossil fuels. So while individual, <laughs> boo, while individual countries may not necessarily have fossil fuels be their predominant source, globally, that's just not the reality. Um, natural gas is the most consumed fossil fuel for the production of energy. And for perspective, in the United States, 61% of electricity generated came from fossil fuels. But 38% was from natural gas and 22 was from coal. That leaves only around 0.5% of that 61 coming from petroleum.
1: Wow, that is shocking to me. I would have thought, I'm really surprised coal is over 20%. You mm-hmm. like they, they really make... Like coal mines and coal factories and industries seem like such an like a a dated yeah. kind of line of work and it the, wow twenty two percent of the U S and thirty eight from natural gas yeah I mean I I knew natural gas was was um was a growing source but the fact that only she grown half of a percent from petroleum mm-hmm. wow.
0: Most nations actually do not use a lot of petroleum as their way to generate electricity. Okay. Petroleum's main use, like, almost exclusively is used for transportation, which is why at the beginning of the episode I said I was really glad that we had the conversation we did in season one because it really doesn't get highlighted in other uses the way it is in transportation.
1: Okay.
0: Um, when we're talking about fossil fuels – For the purpose of generating electricity, natural gas and coal are our dominant players. And we'll talk about in a little bit why they are used so predominantly um, and also how their use is changing. Okay. But until we get there, just for comparison, because I know we like to shit on the United States, but unfortunately, well, yeah, I guess unfortunately in this situation, they are not alone. Um, in the EU, mm-hmm.
1: my beloved fossil fuels.
0: <laughs> yep, fossil fuel, fossil fuels are still the top combined producer. Oh, I know, so and I want to say combined because, um, if we're looking at standalone electricity generators, so if you're separating natural gas from coal and you're just looking at them as individual sources. They're actually used less for the production of energy. The number one is nuclear, actually, in Europe. So, nuclear energy creates individually the most, but when you're putting the fossil fuels together, they are still the top producer.
1: Gotcha. Thank you for that clarification. And you're welcome. Shout out, we will be doing an episode on nuclear this season, so stay tuned for that.
0: Yes, we will. I'm actually really excited for that episode. Me too. No shame. And it is worth noting at this point in time, so when we say renewable, nuclear energy is not included in that statement. Nuclear energy is technically not a renewable, and it's also technically not a fossil fuel. It is its own standalone. When you look at statistics, when you're looking at how it's defined, it doesn't It's not in either.
1: I am not going to respond on this because I want to hold this debate for our nuclear episode, but interesting point. Interesting point. And I... Wait till the episode drops.
0: Ari and I might be in separate camps on this one, but I don't think that nuclear, as we produce energy with nuclear right now, can be called a renewable. Because I'm actually going to hold that thought, but I... Personally, don't think that nuclear power is a renewable, and I don't want to call it a non-renewable either. I think it's in a camp of its own.
1: I would love to have a proper conversation about this sometime. That that our nuclear probably on the episode, but let's let's continue on the fossil fuel conversation here. So,
0: So. like I said before, most countries don't use crude oil for producing energy that goes into the grid. Um, It's predominantly used for transportation. And although we will be mentioning crude oil a few times throughout this episode, it's not necessarily – when we're saying fossil fuels for energy production, we are talking more specifically about natural gas and coal. And another disclaimer, we are not the History Channel or any adjacent (laughs) affiliate. If you want an in-depth history of fossil fuels, you need to check out the links under the episode and submit your inquiries to our dear friend Google brief history so a brief history of coal crude oil and natural gas um basically they've all been around for a really fucking long time ancient human civilizations plural have been using them as resources for centuries um for example petroleum has been used for waterproofing construction and lighting purposes spanning back way 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 long time ago coal may have been used like four or five thousand years ago in funeral pyres. priors priors Pires. Fires. Fires? You let me know. And natural gas been popping up all over the place. <laughs> There's even evidence to suggest that as early as 500 BC, the Chinese were making bamboo pipes to direct natural gas for use.
1: Well, ain't that a
0: cool little fact? Humans have a lot of enmeshment with fossil fuels, in my opinion.
1: Enmeshment. I like that word. Enmeshment.
0: <laughs> it's, uh... It's used frequently in other conversations that we do not highlight on this kind of a podcast, but if you're ever curious what I mean, go look up um, Enmeshment as it relates to children and their parents. You'll get really grossed out and also probably maybe get some good dating tips to
1: avoid. Is that like a Freudian thing?
0: Uh, Yeah, it's kind of like
1: that. Isn't it Oedipus and... Oedipus? (laughs) Oedipus. (laughs) <laughs> You're talking about Oedipus and his mommy complex. Yes, how he married his mom. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's. Lo- a- I actually love Greek mythology. I listen to a Greek mythology podcast called "Let's Talk About Myths, Baby." Club. Anyway, aside from
0: uh the negative, and fossil
1: fuels. Let's, yes, let's aside continue.
0: from like the negatives that we typically are familiar with, we're not here to actually say that fossil fuels, as a resource or as themselves, are bad.
1: Their existence like the is not bad. Their exist. There's nothing wrong with fossil fuels being in existence. Like they're obviously, they do come from the natural world. Like that is true, and they do
0: serve purpose. The issue, what makes them bad, is our human exploitation of them.
1: But just like any other resource that gets overexploited by humans for, you know, for depletion purposes.
0: And it's the fact that we overexploit them, that they have become a burden on the environment. One, because we are using them to a point where they may no longer exist one day. And also because, obviously, fossil fuels emit greenhouse gases, which, as we've covered on plenty of other episodes, um, that's quite bad for the planet.
1: And to anyone who is still believing that myth, which we busted in season one on the climate change um, debunking myths episode if you're still one of those people who's like oh fossil fuels can't be that bad they come from the natural world and when we burn them they omit co2 emit co2 and co2 is part of the natural world too so it's really good for the environment no go listen to our climate change myths debunked episode so today's
0: today's use is not necessarily different than what it was historically but um like we've kind of touched on it's the consumption and the rate of consumption that is concerning and the consumption is concerning for two reasons the first we can only estimate how much is really left and i don't say that with a whole lot of optimism in my voice i know i can be pretty monotone but let me be very specific uh i'm not i'm not optimistic about the existence of fossil fuels um Why most es- Most estimates are based on what are called proved reserves, and that basically means that scientists have confirmed that the resources are really there, but not necessarily that we have them on hand. So basically, pretend like someone buried something really deep in the ground, and I hand you a shovel. Um, We know that it's there, but are you going to be able to get it with your measly little shovel? Probably not. (laughs) I really like that analogy. (laughs) Thank you. That was right off the dome. Um, so the, the estimates are based mostly on proved reserves, but they also have ones that are called unproved, which means that we think the resources could be there. And the reason we think that is not because we know they're there, but because we think that, uh, the conditions would be favorable for their creation. Okay. Okay.
1: So geologically, they're they're in geologically favorable areas for fossil fuels to exist.
0: Right. In the most simplistic way possible. Yes. And because I don't have a better way to explain it, that's well, I
1: mean, naturally, we have obviously we have uh, modern technologies and advancements to to kind of sort of map or um, hypothesize. (laughs) Where these fossil fuels would be, we might be able to map out based on, again, geographic uh, formation, etc. But the physical proof that they're there, like Lexi said, we just haven't shoveled them yet.
0: No, and we'll actually get into um, how these estimates can change drastically in a little bit here when we Mm -hmm. talk about natural gas specifically. But I want to get to the other edge of this sword. Oh, no.
1: And I sense sense intensity in her voice. (laughs) And this one is
0: the reason why they're called non-renewable. It's because they're finite. And spoiler, Ari and I and you listening could outlive the life of at least one fossil fuel. Okay, Ari, let's play a little game. Okay, I love games. I game. would like for you to give me your best estimate on how long you think we have before we run out of oil, natural gas, and coal based
1: on current use. Ooh, I like this question. Okay. Um. Well, considering I'm a little more knowledgeable than the average person on environmental resources and their availability, however, I don't know these numbers off the top of my head, so guessing i would say combined for fossil fuels we probably got about 50 years left i would say 50 years left before we're completely out not just until we need to transition before we're literally out the transition needs to be happening now but i would say our reserves are about 50 years um and i would say we probably have the least amount of time left for oil and natural gas. I would say 45 50 years again. And then um for coal I would say maybe a little bit more. Okay. 50 55 60. So um
0: that was those are pretty good guesses for okay. not having the exact numbers on hand. Um an article I'm scared out- I'm so scared. <laughs> You should be. I did not know these numbers, and I honestly had a much liber- much more liberal response to that question really? before doing my research. Yeah. yeah. Um, buckle your fucking seatbelts, everyone oh, listening. No. Oh, an article no. put out by Stanford, and these uh, – an article put out – I'll just put it this way. An article put out by Stanford presented these estimates – they estimated that we have about 30 years left before we run out of oil. <gasps> 40 before we run out of natural gas. That was, that was a legitimate gasp. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. 40 before we run out of natural gas and 70 before we run out of coal. And um, based on my own research and clicking around what the United States has put out uh documentation wise I agree with those I agree with those numbers um it's not looking good people
1: oh 30 years for crude mm-hmm. oil which is the number one source of fuel for transportation mm-hmm And forty
0: for natural gas, which is forty for natural gas, which is
1: our number one. Wow. Yeah. Dude forty years, dude. Yeah. We won't even have grandchildren yet. Like that
0: is Yeah. I mean, we might have grandchildren, you know, people be having babies at very young ages but i also don't have any kids yet
1: so i was gonna say by the time you and i get wiped up it's gonna be at least another decade (laughs) i was gonna say uh i actually digress i think Um, you're right and then on top of that i mean i'm just saying based on the current trajectory we our generation will have maybe one grandchild by then like that's you're not even that old like six like bro no yeah I just when you quantify it like this, doesn't it just like make it so much more clear that the transition is so direly necessary? Like I just don't know how else, I don't know how else to get through to people.
0: I I don't <laughs> I don't either. know how else to
1: get through to people. It's it's um, hard. And it's, you want to know something that's go ahead. Something that's really atrocious to me is that at least in the in the United States, at least here in America. Natural gas is marketed like the green alternative. Like, oh, we're using natural gas to power this bus. And I'm just like, yo, you're really... That's like, that is greenwashing people. That is... I mean, granted, natural gas has um, a lower emission rate than the other two. That's true. But it is still a non-renewable source <laughs> like and it still emits yeah. greenhouse gases like the bottom line is it that's greenwashing for for the city to print on the side of a bus oh powered by 100 american natural gas is fucking bullshit like th- there's there's nothing worth bragging about there
0: no especially with these numbers i mean it's you know, and part of part of the reason why we are on this fast track to run out of these resources other than the fact that they're not renewable, so like they don't make new shit every year, but also it's the fact that we have a reluctance to move away from fossil fuels because of the fact that we've won we've built our infrastructure on it, but I think more of a reason is the amount of money and total revenue generated Based on the oil and gas industry, um, that industry in twenty twenty one Ari two hundred and eleven billion U S dollars. That's the revenue a associated billion. a billion with a B. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Ah uh, yes. Ah uh, yes. We so love big oil, don't we? We
0: have some feelings for big oil. And like I said at the beginning of this particular episode, crude oil is not necessarily a big player in the energy sector, but just because we are talking about fossil fuels, I do want to talk about uh, our use of it as a whole, because I didn't talk about this when we had our transportation episode. Okay. So as we know, crude oil is not necessarily a big player in the energy conversation, but it is for transportation and we we have a number of oil that we believe still exists and is ready for us to use, but again, we don't necessarily know the exact amount, and at the rate we're using, we probably have somewhere between 30 and 45 years left, Um and that doesn't necessarily always account for the inevitable increases in use, and it also doesn't account for accidents like the BP oil spills of the world, which, mind you, those don't happen frequent, but when they do happen, they're fucking huge, and that's a lot of oil to just be pissing away into the ocean or the ground or wherever else it spills mm-hmm. to.
1: Such a and such a devastating waste, and it is <laughs> catastrophic uh, phenomena for the local habitat.
0: exactly and you end up spending millions and billions trying to restore the environment after we fuck it royally with our spills
1: no lube. no no pun intended there (laughs) (laughs) bender over no lube that's how bad it is moving on And,
0: and as an example of how drastically this reality can change um Looking here at what's left in the United States, according to the US Information Energy Information Administration, the United States proved reserves of crude oil and lease condensate decreased by almost 20% in 2020. In a year. In a year the total reserves decreased about 20%. Moving right along.
1: Wow. In one Are year, the, the esti- yeah. In one year, the estimation decreased by twenty percent.
0: Yeah, and that that's a combination of use and other factors. Probably po- population
1: growth, um, mm-hmm. and how that adds into the consumptive um, rate as well. Wow. Yep. wow,
0: and that's just in the United States. That's just the oh United States. Oh my reserves. god! That's so bad. If, if that wasn't very clear. Um, And when we look at natural gas, so moving away from the oil conversation and into the natural gas conversation, because I did promise we would circle back to this, um, the reason why we use natural gas so much, aside from the fact that, like I said in the beginning, we kind of have this science down of how to burn it to make the most amount of electricity with it, um, it's cheap. And because of, and this is not, it's always been the case. It's cheap because we have found more ways to extract it from the earth. And we've also found more of it. But when I say we found more of it, I don't mean like a plethora. I just mean like we find some more reserves that we can access using technology that we come up with. Therefore, the amount of money it takes to get it out becomes less than the amount of money yet that you'll um, make when you're selling it, which is how people make profit. So hydraulic fracking is to thank for this uh, lessening of price. And as Ari and I know, hydraulic fracking is dangerous. It is also not good for the environment. Um, but the other reason why we use gas natural gas more than we use coal is it's significantly cleaner than burning coal. Um, And while generating electricity from natural gas does emit less carbon and other air pollutants, um, leaks from gas plants, wells and pipelines emits methane, like straight fucking methane, which is so much worse than carbon dioxide. In fact, it's 25 times more effective Then carbon dioxide at trapping heat in the atmosphere. That blanket we talked about with Chrissy P. Not good. I won't even get into how much Mm. that leakage and direct emissions from the combustion was responsible for the amount of greenhouse gas. But let's just say it was more than 30 percent of the total gas emissions in 2020. The other reason, the third reason, and the last one I'll talk about before we talk about coal and we wrap up our conversation about fossil fuels is cogeneration. So the reason we like natural gas um, for cogeneration is when you have this steam coming off, there's also this unused energy in the steam itself. So we're getting the energy from the heat that is spinning mm-hmm. the turbine but now we have all of this hot steam that has to be dissipated somehow before it goes off into the environment because you don't just go releasing hot steam off these plants it's not it's not good and as we've talked about water vapor can be an issue for mm-hmm. global warming in general yep. i shouldn't say that for climate change let me be yes. politically correct
1: yes
0: um i'll catch myself uh-huh. so when you have a natural gas plant and you have this steam coming off if you have an industrial process neighboring the natural gas plant you can send that hot steam to be used in their processes directly so like you can use it for dairy farms you can use it for lumber oh. yeah i didn't i didn't know about this no. um so cogeneration is a pretty awesome use of that steam if we're going to have natural gas plants we should absolutely be encouraging it to have that secondary energy go straight to the dairy plant Um, and I don't know if you've had this this like click in your brain yet because when when I was having this explained to me I did not get how it was basically like doubling your energy so you get your turbines that create your energy from the steam Mm -hmm. that's one but then the steam gets literally piped directly into the plants next door to be used in their process. So that's how it is a cogeneration of energy. It's so much more
1: complex than than I thought. It
0: is, but it's also such a like, oh shit, like what a brilliant way to to use steam because yeah. these processes would otherwise have to heat water to make mm-hmm. steam. Mm-hmm. And this is basically cutting that out. So instead of having to waste energy to make the steam, they're just getting the steam already that's been generated.
1: Right, right. Pretty pretty time efficient as well. Yeah, pretty, pretty cool stuff. Efficient all around.
0: Yes, and at least in that particular scenario.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, and now, I mean, natural gas isn't, isn't- As we've covered. Isn't efficient. But uh, that's an interesting process that I personally have not heard of yet.
0: And I definitely will be doing some more research into it. And maybe we'll talk about it some more on another episode.
1: I like that idea.
0: But we're going to turn the spotlight over to our last culprit. And that's Cole. And I don't what? really have a, a whole, whole lot to say about Cole. because Except kind Lexi
1: of... will be getting a lump of it in her stocking for Christmas this year. Naughty I
0: absolutely bitch. will. Because I have been a very,
1: very naughty
0: little
1: individual. A little naughty this year, darling.
0: A little naughty. Um, Cole... Coal is more expensive than natural gas, and that is partly due to hydraulic fracking making gas cheaper. Um, so we're decreasing the amount of coal that we burn for energy, it seems like, every year. What's but... the process
1: for mining coal? Is it the same as it's always been, or have we um, advanced in that at all? Like, I know we, we... use hydraulic fracking to extract natural gas, but ha- mm-hmm. have are there any that you know of? Are there any um advancements in technology to make that process a little easier for coal.
0: Off the or is top it of still my heavily head heavily
1: re- like, reliant on manual labor. It's
0: it's still really re- uh, really reliant on mining processes that are basically unavoidable. I mean you have yeah. to mountaintop mining is pretty detrimental. Um and that's where they literally blow the tops off yeah. of mountains. Um you have a lot of acid rainfall associated with coal. Well, it's also
1: just like like I just feel like ethically it's a little fucked. Like I don't know if
0: <laughs> you destroy like, a, f- a lot of, of habitat through yeah, coal like, mining specifically. Yeah,
1: yeah. And we just um, I feel like humans just gain a lot of aesthetic pleasure from mountain ranges. I d I I don't know. I just feel like yeah. not that's the main the main problem associated with no, it, like, It's it's true. There's a lot of things that are just fucked up about mountaintop. <laughs> oh, and yes.
0: and coal Coal mining is historically dangerous. I'm sure that we have some OSHA rules in place to make it less
1: dangerous. I mean, we've all seen Hunger Games, right? Katniss's dad got blown the fuck up in pieces because of a mining accident. That's all I'm going (laughs) to fucking say.
0: And, you know, the, the rate of its use is decreasing because of renewables, too, because new advancements in technology have made renewables a less expensive endeavor than burning coal so although we have a lot more coal is our most abundant fossil fuel but we're moving away from it because it's just not good for business and the emissions associated are also not good for business right
1: but we all know the driving factor is uh, money efficiency money money
0: money money, money. but money. in transitioning away while we're here
1: wrapping it up
0: wrapping it up we we are moving further away from fossil fuels but the rate at which we're doing it is too slow way too slow for a multitude of reasons you got to be quicker than that <laughs> but in in switching our dependence away from fossil fuels like we have said it it needs to be faster and we need to be looking at renewables and nuclear which we will be highlighting
1: we will agreed nuclear is a bit more controversial um and mm-hmm. we are very excited to talk about that later in this season yes, but she's ma'am. right she's right y'all you guys heard these stats right like it's like it's just it's just it's just the facts
0: it's just it's the fueling facts. my climate anxiety and that well is i mean fo- i'm so
1: i've certainly suffered from climate anxiety i mean you can see and we've we've literally got like fucking 40 years left before we're completely out of the main resource we use for energy at the moment and Um,
0: i plan to be here for that and 40 years i would like to still i will be
1: so milfy in 40 years or gilfy i'll be a grandma i'd like to fuck as well you know, whatever it may be, I'm going to be kicking. I'm going to be doing my skincare. I'm going to do my Pilates. I'm going to look so good. And I would like to be able to have energy to power the little cute Italian villa I'm going to be living in. Okay. So
0: yeah, I'd like to be able to turn on a light switch and have it actually illuminate the light bulbs.
1: Yeah, that'd be nice. Um- so we have
0: a couple of ways that we can influence now to ensure that our future does have lit light bulbs.
1: Number one, being mindful of our energy consumption is an easy way to have impact ASAP right now, ASAP Rocky. Are you mindful of how much energy you're, consum- you're consuming? It, You know, let's just run through some examples. Do you leave your... this? I mean, you may think they're minuscule, but they add up. Do you leave your light on all day while you're not using it? Are you unplugging your devices? Lexi made a very funny little reel on Instagram about <laughs> unplugging your devices. It it's a what do you call them an energy vampire? Energy vampire, yeah. Yeah, they're just sucking the energy and the life out of everything. How I mean, and I know this isn't necessarily energy um uh, that we're thinking of per this conversation, but again, how we've talked about this in the transportation episode, how often are you driving? Slash, mm-hmm. how far are you driving? Slash, mm-hmm. could you carpool? Slash, could mm-hmm. you use public transit? Mm-hmm. Um, There's so many ways we can be a little bit more mindful about how we consume our energy. And there are ways to make your your house more energy efficient by switching to um, individual uh household renewables, which is an option yeah. in, in, a, in a lot of places.
0: It is. If you're a homeowner and you can switch some of your appliances to be more energy efficient, it will save you money too. And a lot of
1: homes get tax benefits and tax breaks for switching to, for example, installing solar panels, et cetera. Hey, yo.
0: The next way that you can influence our impact on this issue is keeping an eye on our ballots. So just because Mm -hmm. something sounds pro-renewable, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is. You want to watch out for these wolves in sheep's clothing.
1: And you know what you know we we had midterms a few weeks back I couldn't help but notice how um they the the literal syntax of these sentences on the ballots are designed to confuse the fuck out of you they're designed to be like oh we're talking about renewables but we're actually talking about not using them but it looks like we're talking about using them but we're talking about not it's just like get it, you need to be clear, you need to read, focus when you're there voting. Like, I had to reread the, um in Hillsborough County, I had to, there's a new transportation tax, which yeah. I had to reread it a bunch of times to ensure it was actually going towards something that I thought was valuable for the transportation sector here in Florida. Now, when in I- doubt, Google it. Yeah. And like you're allowed to have your it's not an exam. You're allowed to have your phone in when you're voting. Go vote. You should absolutely. Yeah.
0: And and that leads us to our our next one, which is keeping an eye on our politicians and business leaders. You should absolutely be looking up people before you vote, seeing who is endorsing them. Yep. and p- taking a look at who is donating to them. So where where are they getting their funds? And if they're a business leader, where are they putting their funds? What do they yep. invest in? And those yep. are the three easiest ways that you can have significant influence on this right now. And those small steps will compound to make bigger differences later on down the line so that hopefully instead of having 30 years left with oil in our lives, we will have 300 because like that would be super cool. Um, but in order to do that, we're going to have to stop using it as much as we are.
1: We could just pull like a Joanna Jinton and move to like the woods in Norway and just live like little forest fairies and say, fuck it to, to energy pretty much. I mean, I'm sure she uses it to like charge her camera on her iPad or whatever. But like
0: cottagecore is becoming more and more enticing on the daily. I mean, look at my outfit.
1: I am literally I'm cottagecore ready. Like you sign are. Yeah. She Sign has a really up.
0: cute long skirt. It's floral. It's pretty. It's wispy. Y'all and I paired it with some like
1: thrift. This, this whole outfit is thrifted, actually. Paired it with some secondhand Doc Martens.
0: This platform. is my mom.
1: Oh, I don't know who's...
0: I don't know who's... I don't know what I'm wearing.
1: I'm wearing <laughs> either my mom...
0: <laughs> I'm wearing something that is either my mom's or my dad's. I'll we ask. We
1: sport. We sport. Freaking secondhand. and
0: We kids. love... We love a good hand-me-down. We love a good thrifted item. But um, before we digress too far, that is essentially the conversation today on fossil fuels as it relates to energy. Thank you so much for making it through episode one of our energy series, Woo! season two.
1: Can you guys please Woo! let us know what you thought about that? Did any of these stats shock you? Like they shocked Alex and I? Because I know my climate anxiety kind of peaked in that episode a little bit recording. Yeah. This.
0: Yeah, my, um, my anxiety did peak also. But that's
1: okay, everyone. I hope you're taking care of yourselves. Watch some Kylie Flavel. Watch some Joanna Jinton after this. Uh, they'll make you feel a little bit better.
0: <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, and uh, let us know what you think of the episode. If you have any comments, suggestions, don't forget to subscribe so that you hear when yes. your episodes come out. Don't and forget get, to rate us.
1: If you're listening on Spotify, give us a rating. And if you're listening on Apple Music, leave us a review. We love to see the candor and the honesty. And um, we do we do listen. And we try to make um, our episodes and our content better and more tailored toward what, I mean, while still aligning with what the message we're trying to share, but also making sure we're taking care of our little honeys that are listening as well.
0: But- On that note, we will talk to you all next week. TTYL, Osa La Pizza.
1: Ciao, Amori.
0: Bye, Bye, bitches.